Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Today in Space. Like last week, all May, we're going to be having people on the show and sitting down and talking about things that they love, uh, you know, things that they're passionate about. This week, we have the assistant back on. The assistant, uh, if you're new to the show, uh, is a person who's been a mentor in my life, uh, would rather be anonymous, so we gave her the name. He chose the name the assistant. Uh, he is a businessman. He's owned his own businesses, worked in the corporate world, worked in the private sector, and has a lot of knowledge of things to do and things not to do. Uh, some of them he may have done himself, and which is why he would know not to do them. Uh, but nonetheless, a great person that I. I really do enjoy talking to, and love having him on the show. So this week we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about business, you know, uh, leading, managing, dealing with people. We're going to talk about coaching too, because he's also a basketball and soccer coach for almost 15 years. And we're going to talk about building teams and, and getting to that point. And of course, talking about the private space industry because there's definitely a lot of teamwork going on there behind the scenes that we don't even see. And it's really necessary for doing all these spectacular things that they're doing, breaking the norm of the space industry, doing things that were deemed impossible. You can't do those things without a good team. So I thought it was a great time to have the assistant back on so we can talk about building a team and, and how important that is and the, tr- the problems you're going to run into while doing that. Um, so really excited for this episode. I hope you enjoy. As always, a little business before we start. If you want to help support the show and the science that we're doing here, go to Amazon.com. Our link on this week's episode, every episode. It's also on the homepage of todayinspace.net forward slash home. And just do shopping like regular. We're, we're all shopping online now, you know, just, uh, you can buy anything one click. That one click is dangerous. Be careful with that. You're going to get in trouble with that shit. Uh, but if you do want to help support and you're doing your shopping anyways, easiest way is to do it through that link and you help support us. Amazon sends us a little bit back and it doesn't cost you anything, nothing, nothing. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful way to help support the show. And I thank Every single one of you who use it, you guys are awesome. I, I can't even tell you how awesome you guys are, but I have to every week because it means that much. Thank you, and let's get into the show this week with The Assistant. Okay, so traffic in Massachusetts. Specifically on 12895. Today in space. It's some of the worst. It, it's it combines everything of what's wrong with human beings. Like when we're in a group. Today in space. We we can really suck. It sucks, boy. It was just awful lately. I I, I mean I, I don't know how. The, the most so the most infuriating thing about the whole thing is not not that. The state and the highway patrol, they're doing work. 
on the highway, which is necessary. It's a problem. Yeah, and making it better. So, and I'm not mad at them. I'm I'm mad at all the stupid people who literally have no problem just going thirty miles an hour down the highway watching construction. Like it's a TV show. It it it, it is frustrating. It is. Um, I don't even know. I don't. I, you know. I mean, you accept people's curiosity of things. You know, they're curious. Oh, yeah. But it's basically thirty miles of construction. You know. I mean, it looked the same uh, fifteen miles ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, get I, it. I get it. If there's an accident, you know, as much as I would just say, just please keep moving. Just please get the fuck out of my way. But it just that doesn't. That's not the case. And then to make it worse, it's not just the fact that they were looking at construction. There's literally areas where there's nothing. There's no reason for there to be traffic. No, you're right. There's long stretches of no trucks, of no people, nothing going on. Like, why? You know, I I don't... um, Yeah, I I don't get the logic of it. I really don't get the logic of it. I I understand the curiosity for an accident. Yeah. All right. right, Let's see the car. Let's see how it crashed up. Somebody get hurt. Right. You know uh, that kind of thing. So um, even maybe a chuckle. I mean, let's some people are sick on that. Some sick bastards out there. Yeah. But but yeah, I I don't get it either. I really don't get. I I don't understand why the traffic has just been horrendous on one (laughs) twenty eight. I I just. Wow. I mean, you know, it's like it's like I'm 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 a commuter for work. It's just how my work has always been. It's always been far away. So I kind of live in my car. And I've got no problem with a 45-minute drive, even, even a, an hour drive. It's no big deal, as long as it's I'm driving for an hour, right. you know, getting to my destination. But when that 45-minute drive becomes an hour and a half, two hours for no fucking reason... Yeah, when you have to get a brake job after your drive, uh, uh, after your one hour, two hour drive, because you prepped pressing the brake so my often, God. it's it's um, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You no, know? It doesn't make any no. sense at all. And not only that, it's like where are all these people coming from? I, I don't, you know, and I, I don't know. <laughs> we're not DC. No, you know, we're no. not New York. No, we're not even Chicago. I don't get it. I, I, I I've been here forever. Yeah, I've been here forever, and and we have more lanes than we had before. And we're just we're just turtling along for no reason. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, I, I don't know. But Boston is it is becoming bigger. There's no doubt about that. Yep. But we're seeing some serious serious flaws with the way that everything is run. Wow. You know. And if we get any bigger, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I don't. I, uh, yeah. You know. It's it's kind of like downtown uh, where they did the big dig project. It's it's improved things in a lot of ways. But, you know, anybody who comes off downtown and goes on the Southeast Expressway and heads out of town, you're sitting there going, I, they don't, there's no logical reason. You have the yeah. zipper lane, you get extra lanes, and it's still, it still clogs up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, 93 going to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's got all these lanes, and it just bogs down. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, they're, they're in the old days, in the old days, what does that mean? Uh, Thirty years ago, mm-hmm. they used to they they weren't going to in- increase the lanes. So what they did is they asked major employers mm-hmm. who had thousands and thousands of employees to stagger their schedules. 
So that way people mm. would get out at 2 o'clock or would get out at 6 o'clock right. or come in earlier or later. And that way you didn't have all that traffic of the road. You're taking a couple thousand cars off the road yeah. during prime time, mm-hmm. So um, you know, which wasn't a bad idea. No. It wasn't a bad idea. Just stagger, ask the employers to, to kind of stagger it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but. And the only way that I've been trying to moderate it myself, because really that's all I can do, right? It's just right. trying, okay, maybe there's a time I can leave earlier. Absolutely. You know? But the problem is I either have to leave at 6.30 in the morning or earlier. Right. And then on the way back, I can't even touch the highway after 3.30. No. And I got to wait till at least 5.30. Yep. Till... I'll hopefully make it home in an hour. Like, I would have to work a uh, 10-, 11-hour day or just be at you know in the same town as my work and just sit there for a few hours. Uh, you know you know you my know? schedule. I mean, I, just... I got an appointment at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning on the North Shore, mm-hmm. and, and I leave the South Shore at 6 o'clock, yeah. quarter 6, and I go up there. I, have, I sit there. I have breakfast, and I do mm-hmm. that, and then I go to work yeah. simply because I don't want to sit in traffic. Well, and that's, the that's the point. This this last week and a half, two weeks, it's really been like three months. But uh, this last week has just been brutal. And I'm I'm going to be bringing a notebook with me, and I'm going to be doing a bunch of work for the show at home, yep. just because it's like it's like I can't spend four hours every day in a car. Right. It. it, it what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really um, you know hopefully uh, hopefully uh, Governor Baker and uh, and. Um, you know, hopefully um, he'll hear about it and, and uh, make mm. hopefully make some changes. I saw know? a lot of helicopters yesterday and today, and it actually was a little bit better today. And it, it, it was strange because actually it, it was kind of rainy today versus the yeah. previous days were sunny. And the sunny weather, the traffic was worse. Yeah. There's no logic to that. You yeah, know? I mean, maybe people were like... I took a day off? Uh, I'm, I'm just hoping a bunch of people took Friday off. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, so. let's hope that's the case. But... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Enough, enough about that. <laughs> enough about that. It's it's <laughs> miserable enough. Uh, we have the assistant back on. It's been a while since you've it, been it on. It has been a while. Thank you. I'm finally uh, back in town again. Mm-hmm. So uh, so absolutely. Thanks for uh, giving me the old cameo appearance again. Of I really course, appreciate yeah. it. I'm glad to have you back on. And and wanted to do an episode with you this month because really one of the things we we talk about a lot is something two things that you're very, very passionate about and that you really love doing. One being business and the other one being coaching. You know, really building teams. That's that's what you're very good at. It's very good. That's right. Both of them, that's right. I I do have a passion for both. Uh, I do love building uh, groups of people uh, and it is about people. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- taking those people and building them into a successful group to mm-hmm. achieve a goal. Right. You know, to some some goal, whatever that goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy it. Uh, there's some bad parts to it. Obviously, of you can frustrate that crap out of you. Oh yeah. Um, but we'll we'll you know we can certainly talk about that a little bit here. So, mm-hmm. but um, well, let's let's jump into business. Like, okay. you you're a businessman, and you've done everything from working in the corporate sector to the private sector to having your own business businesses. Right. Businesses. Right. Uh, and you know, pretty much everywhere in between. So your kind of knowledge on just business in general really is, uh, something I look for. And, and, you know, we talk about this a lot Sure. and I wanted to 
uh, have you share? Like, where where did you start? Like, what? Sure. Where did this all begin? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a Bentley grad, eighty one. Um, after that, went off to the corporate world. At that point, um, went into uh, business management. That was my that was my de- my my degree from Bentley, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, went into a large uh, national. A corporate chain. They were a retail chain. Mm-hmm. Started off at the retail level, business management, went up the ranks, went into the corporate um, ranking there, um, and had you know had a lot of different personalities and a lot of different people uh, that you dealt with day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Some some crews were three four people, other crews were a hundred people. Right. Um, and then you you kind of um, the one thing that that uh, you know um, the corporations. Did very well then, and and some some corporations do very well today. Today is they're a very good teaching organization where they train people very well. Right, but training is only part of it. The other thing is that do certain do certain uh, people businesses do they pick the right people for their organization? That yeah. may even be more important than the training part of it, because uh, you know to have a people with the right attitude and the right. Um, Willingness mm-hmm. to be part of what you know what we're trying to do uh, again, whether it's basketball or business, doesn't matter what it is. Right. Uh, is is paramount? Is mm-hmm. paramount? You really need to pick the right people. Mm-hmm. The hiring process honestly should take longer than it does. Yeah, you know it really should. It it's does, so it does take a long time because uh, just a couple of bad attitudes and it just makes things miserable. Yeah, you know? and it's it that it that really I think a lot of it comes down to culture. You know, it's right. something I've been obsessed with. I, I learned it uh, through my training right. uh, at work. And culture is everything. Culture is how it's what everyone expects right. when they come into work. When we're talking about work in Absolutely. this case, right? The culture at work lets people know what to expect. If the culture at work is to screw off, fuck off, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, do nothing at work and pretend to be working, right? And that's what everyone expects is going to happen. If you have a place where they expect you to excel and you're expected to be at your best and to be flawless like the space industry has, then that's what's to be expected. Right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, um, you know, setting the expectation is part of leadership. Um, part of all that we've discussed this a little bit in the mm-hmm. past, you know. Uh, before so the difference, the difference between leadership and managing, right? And, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, but you know, before before we kind of get into that, sure. I, I want to kind of finish my yeah. My, finish your story. I go off on yeah. tangents. No, all that's the time. all right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Roll me back I, in. I, I do it all the time. <laughs> all right, all right. Pull that roll. Roll it back in. So, uh, but uh, so I went through the corporate ranks. Went to, did that for about nine years. Uh, after that, I decided, and I did everything, all the different aspects of a business in, in that different role, which was mm-hmm. really good training. But there were a lot of negative parts of the corporate world. Mm-hmm. The biggest one I'm going to bring up, uh, and again, I'm not going to name names here, but basically there was a situation where um, there were two family members in management, and one of the management mem- one of them had done some stuff he wasn't supposed to do. Okay. And the higher-up relative, uh, when people criticize that individual, other managers were in a management meeting and you're trying to solve problems. Right. And so when you bring up the topic and you bring up the issue, the senior vice president, whoever it was, was trying to protect his name, his, his position, Mm -hmm. you know, um, then goes after those individuals who brought up the topic. And and so, you know, and so that's a disaster. That's, that's traditional corporate crap 
Yeah. You know, it, and that that should be eliminated. It's, it's bureaucracy that's scratching each other's backs. That's, all that's it making is. sure that hey, don't worry, I got your back right. no matter what. Exactly. You know? so, Even though that's it, what it does is then everybody else sees it as okay. Well, now we can't fix anything. Right. Right now, you know, now yeah. I have to watch my back because if I if I'm trying to solve a solution and they're the problem, right, then. I'm going to be the problem That's because right. <laughs> I'm right. saying they're they're doing the wrong thing. Instead of taking care of the customer, everyone's right. worried about covering their ass. And that's right. that's the problem, right. you know. And so uh so anyways, I decided to get out of the corporate world, get into mm-hmm. my own world uh of business. I decided I went out and opened up uh some retail businesses and some non-retail businesses. And <coughs> excuse me, an interesting point is that some of them were built to for continuous operations. So I was I was going to operate it uh, ongoing. I was going to have this okay. business for ten years, gotcha. and it was going to be there for to produce money long term. Okay. So the decision making on that kind of business mm-hmm. was totally different than these other businesses I did, where I did them because I knew I was going to sell them. So I knew okay. the money, the, the profit to be made on those businesses were on the sale of it. Yes. So where on on the other one. There wasn't the the decisions were were different on what I did on mm-hmm. those that were going to be uh, money I was going to make ongoing long term mm-hmm. from operations. It's kind of an interesting point. Sure, you know that it, when you when you get into a business, one of the first things you do is you sit down. Are we going to build this business for operational ongoing use, mm-hmm. or are we going to do? Are we going to sell it at some point, two years, five years down the road? Right. The decision making is different. Let me give you a very simple example. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're going to open up a pizza place. You're going to get a pizza place. You're going to rent the place down down the street, and you decided, you know, I'm going to just build this quick, and I'm going to sell it within a year and a half. Yeah. You put out a lot of specials. You're mm-hmm. very very out there. You're in the community. Yep. You're, you're saying, you know, is bringing as many sales as you can. You still need to make some profit, mm-hmm. but you're not going to try and squeeze out that extra dollar a pizza or actually this. You're, you're trying to get as many people in the door. Yeah, you're trying to hype it up. Right. You're trying to get people to notice, people exactly. to know your name so that someone says that, oh, this has value. Wow, this has really got some value. And I, yeah. can, I, and I can do more with it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what happens is so you, you, you leave a couple of openings so people can improve the business. Right. But you make sure that it's so overwhelmingly, you know, yeah, everybody wants to come in here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's the hot spot. Everyone's buying my product. Right? right. Right. And so what's happening is then you're now and then, you know, in a year and a half, you're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to make yourself two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, and move right. on to the next one. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, those kinds of things. So, um, but so th- that's that's my business background. Mm-hmm. You know, in that perspective, is is between those two. Um, you know, my, my strength has always been uh, with people, mm-hmm. uh, finding a way to get them to accept and join into what we're trying to do. Right. Be, be very clear about where we want to go and do. Well, and 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 be part of a team. And be part you know. of a team. And, and, you know, the hiring process isn't always perfect. No. Some, you think it does, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But that's the point where leading, managing comes into play. Mm-hmm. And you decide, okay, listen, you know, like, all right, so this isn't quite working. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work, right. you know, but let's make, us, let's, let's make adjustments. Right. And then, and that's great. And everyone kind of makes adjustments and goes along. It's those individuals who decide that they don't want to make adjustments. Right. You know, I just want to stick in this routine. Mm. And those are the individuals that, how, how do you break those individuals down? That's probably mm. not the right analogy. How do you get in their head? Mm-hmm. 
how do you get in their head to get them to do what needs to be done? Right. Well, because, yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, a business needs to make money and it needs to provide something to a customer. And we want those people coming back. That's right. You know, it's, and and that's, I, I, was broken of this when I was very young. It's just, it's not, it's not a place to go hang out. It's not right. a place to bring your stuff into work right. and then bring everybody else down with your shit or right. dump it on somebody else so that you feel better. That's not, right. that's not why you're at work. And I think that's where a lot of people get kind of fucked up about the whole thing with work. And I think it's a lot of people... I've seen it with people who are kind of in their 40s, 50s, who have families, and they're just there. They're just trying to make right. money. They're just trying to yep. get home. And work for them is their relaxation, Right. which I get. And I'm not trying to say it should be, you know, this strict, like, you got to do it this way. You know, right. it's not – we're not a bunch of Nazis here. Right. It's just – just get your work done. Let's Let's work together – to get stuff done, to kick ass at work, right. and to do a good job. That way you go home feeling better about it. You feel complete. You right. you feel uh, – that's not the right word I was looking for. You feel uh, accomplished. accomplished. Right. You feel like you've done something so that way you can go home and, and deal with everything else. Right. It's true. Internally, everybody, everybody, when things get completed, mm-hmm. feel a sense of success, feel a, a sense of – uh, all right, you know, we set a goal, we finished it. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether they know it or not, right. you know, some people know it mm-hmm. externally, other people don't. Right. They just feel it internally, you know. Uh, but but accomplishing the goal, you know, and this this is one of the big mistakes, and and you've known this for me for a while, and and I get into my my ruts at times. But when 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 your team is is struggling, mm-hmm. what you want to do is get a small thing to accomplish. Very mm-hmm. small. Accomplish it. Make sure it's noted that it's accomplished. And then next next time, make it a little bit bigger. Make it a little bit bigger. Make mm-hmm. it a little bit bigger. And it just becomes a habit after a while. Because a lot of times right. we, we, we try to achieve the big thing. And it's just so frustrating along the way that mm-hmm. people just quit you know, on you. you know? Well, yeah. And, and I, I've, on the show, I've talked about it as, as kind of those things are waves that you need to ride like right. a surfer, yep. you know, and you need to do all these little things to get prepared for that. You need to tr- try smaller waves so that you can make sure to learn how to ride a wave. Right. And then you get momentum. Right. Then you start doing little, little things and you build up that momentum because each thing that you're doing has like this energy level to it. Right. This amount of energy that needs to be put into it yep. to accomplish it. Right. Yep. And it's, it's like a, it's like a candle. It's not like a, uh, a finite source right. of energy. It's like a candle where you can take one candle and light a million candles, and the first candle is still lit. Yep. It's not diminished. It's right. not less. It grows. And a lot, I think what you're talking about, the big thing right. that everyone tries to do, that big uh, thing that's going to either make them look really good right. or get really accomplished, change make a lot world, of money, change the world. Make my imprint on the world. They want to yeah. do that right away. Right. But... In order to do that, it's going to take so much energy from you right. that you can't just jump into it. And, and you're right. And the thing is, it can be actually achieved with less energy, mm-hmm. but in a step fashion, one built right. upon the other. Right. You know, and that, that's where people spend a lot of energy 
on the big things so much and not, not seeing achievements mm-hmm. or, or accomplishments. And they get dis, uh, discouraged. They get discouraged. And then they're like, well, fuck this. I'm done. Right. I don't want to do something. That's right. That's why, that's why you build worth small it. to the big on that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and you can do that throughout your work day too. Right. You know, I, I've, uh, man, uh, I started this a few years ago. Whereas, you know, when I, when I come into work, first thing I do is, well, let me go back. The last thing I do the day before is write out what's left. Right. So I know when I come in in the morning, Excellent. I'm not freaking out trying to figure out what's good. Right. I've got it ready for me when I come into work that next day. Oh, it's good. It's a good idea. You set, it, set aside some time to do that. You know, that and then day. that's my leftover list that I can that's work right. on. Good. And then that lets me build up so that when the day starts, because I get there early. So that way I have some time to think right. <laughs> before sure. everyone else comes no, in. No, that's actually, that's, that's, a good, that's a good phrase, time to think, uh, which we don't do every day. We should set aside yeah. 20 minutes just to think, Yeah, you know. But well, let, let, let me give you a couple of examples what I do, what I did in business, which I eventually transferred to coaching, mm. to just build team building. Which sounds very small and kind of like really doesn't mean anything. But it's, it seems like something you're like, oh, i got to go to this team building meeting. Right, you know? right. But, but I actually do it ongoing every day. And mm-hmm. what I do is I make sure I shake everyone's hands when I see them first thing in the morning. Okay. You know, hey, how you doing? What's up? Shake hands. Mm-hmm. So like, well, well, great. You know, what, yeah, well, what, yeah. what, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, and so oh, sh- what does that do? What, why what are you do? even doing it? Right. I yeah. do it because it, it does two things. It builds respect that mm-hmm. I respect you enough to shake your hand. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really what it's about. I respect you enough to shake your hand. Mm-hmm. Some people are, don't know that that's what it means. And they'll even ask you. And you say, well, yeah. I respect you, so I want to shake your hand. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're like, oh, no one's ever said that to me before. Yeah. And it also, when you're in that management leadership position, you're making them now feel part of the team. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of my things that I've done over the years that I always shake my team's hands, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I actually did use that in coaching too. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen that, you know, and, right. and, um, well, and especially, I think, especially with guys, right. I think that's a, that's a huge it thing. It is. It is. Yeah. You it know? is a little different with, with, uh, with, uh, the girls, mm-hmm. but, but with the guys, it, it definitely is, um, yeah, you know, there's uh, something about, you know, whether it goes back to the old days when we were all warriors right. and it's just a, it's a show of, Hey, you know, uh, I've got you. Right. You know, we're, we're a team. Right. You know, and, I've got and, your back. And, and you know what? Thing. I've acknowledged you here. Yeah. I've yeah. acknowledged that you're here mm-hmm. and we're here at work and we're, we're, we're back on this team function, right. team goal, team, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and, 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 well, it, and, and, and it gives them the opportunity to, in, in, for a minute or two to say something to you. Right, right. And it you gets, know? yeah, it gets them in the moment. And, and human contact is a huge, huge thing that, that when used the right way, can really be helpful right. and, and influential right. in a big way. You know, you can't just be going touching people, obviously, but, no. you know, a, a work appropriate. Shake hands. It's obviously that's you can't grab it, someone's right? ass, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know. No, you don't do that. It's a so. totally different thing. Um, but let's, yeah. uh, that respect thing, that's a, a huge thing that I've seen, the good and the bad at work. There's people I've worked with who make you feel like, you are very important. You're a member of the team. You're you're welcomed. You're accepted, and you want to work for that person. Right. There's also 
the other side where whether they know it or not, they make you feel like a piece of shit. Right. They make you feel like nothing you do is ever worth it. Right. Like anything you ask is just like one of the craziest things these people have ever heard in their lives. Right. And just and, and they, they choose specific words that right. just like try and cut you down and it's right. like so many people who who I've seen who are who are in their forties, fifties, just broken down. Yep. They just they just don't have it anymore. They yeah. just lose their their yeah, I call fire. it the, I call it the beaten man syndrome. The, yeah. BMS is what I yeah, call the it. The beaten man BMS. syndrome. That's <laughs> not PMS. BMS. Yeah. Beaten man syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. It is true. Um, you know, there's people. It, 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 there's a lot that goes on there, in the, in, in, and the way I break people down mm-hmm. when they need to have an attitude correction. Mm. That, that's really what it comes down to. They need their attitude checked. <clears throat> they need an attitude check. Yeah. There's two ways that I break it down. I have to decide within a quick time of conversation with them mm-hmm. whether they, <clears throat> excuse me here, whether they are an emotional decision maker mm. or whether they're an informational decision maker. Mm. A, a logic. Logic. Yeah. Logic. Is it a logical thing to do? Okay, I do it. Right. Uh, or they, are, they, are, they, are they stuck in emotional state so they're going right. to make it on on based on mm-hmm. emotion and once you know how they make their decisions and it's very mm-hmm. simple you can tell by the way they ask questions and whether mm-hmm. there's emotion in those questions right so when there's emotions in their discussion when there's emotions in their questions they're an emotional decision maker right when they they talk about well you know hey you know that doesn't make a lot of sense that's a logic decision maker mm-hmm. so then, then when, once you have that information, you can then break down that individual and say to them, okay, you know, attack it on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Attack, attack it on an emotional level. And, you know, sometimes the emotional person gets sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, we have something to accomplish. It, it, you know, it's never personal. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to go talk to five other people about the same thing we're talking about you right now. Uh, but... You know, we're 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 bringing out uh, a certain attitude that um, you know just isn't isn't working here. So when you do this, whatever that topic is, when you do this, it's actually counterproductive. Mm-hmm. So how do I? So so this is what I would do to correct the situation. Now, some people may not have the training. Right. Some people need to be trained, retrained. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just need to be moved out of that position. Some people are just not geared for position well that's another thing you know is is personalities in in positions right you know uh there's definitely scenarios every day where a company's in a a tough position where they need someone to manage or to to do something and the the best person they have is someone that's been there you know put up their dues and is ready basically to take it but that doesn't necessarily mean they should be in that position. And, and you right. see that a lot where, where people who really, I think, who, who get very frustrated in their position, you know, a, a very analytical person, highly detailed, who isn't trained in dealing with personalities, right. is going to have a very hard time managing people. Well, never mind being trained to. They don't want to. They really don't want to deal with those personalities. Yeah, there's that too. <clears throat> yeah, because they're they're looking for the most efficient, quickest 
right. cheapest way to get to a goal. Right. You know, and, and when they have to deal with people, right. That's, Slows that's, them down. It gets in their way. It's not logical. Right. It, that's not what they're trying right. to do. And then they get irritated. Right. And that's true. When they get stressed out, literally your body, your brain has less oxygen to work with because of your stress. Yeah. So then you <clears throat> become less effective. No question. I, I, a quick story here. Uh, a manager I had um, was about 40 people, mm-hmm. um, an account management center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this manager was very successful sales guy. Mm-hmm. Very, very successful. We'll call uh, him Mike? Yeah, we'll call him Mike. Okay. You know, and, and he, and Mike, Mike eventually didn't want to be on the road, came inside. We mm-hmm. put him into management because he got to make enough money. Right. You know, and eventually he kind of moves to the head position for that area. Mm. But the problem was he was extremely good at analyzing everything. He was mm. extremely good at, at doing his own sales stuff, but refused to, didn't want to, or couldn't train anybody. Mm. <coughs> he thought he was, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So some conversations with the guy, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. And finally came to the point, he either had to get out of that position mm-hmm. because no one was learning anything. And the, the performance was subpar. Right. Or we put in, because he, he wasn't an emotional guy mm-hmm. that could connect with individuals. He right. just wasn't. So, so we, we put in two assistant managers below them, split mm-hmm. the team in two parts, 20 and 20. Right. And then what we did is we put two people who were more, who could build that connection with the crew and who were good trainers. Mm-hmm. So... So basically, this is something we'll get into the, another, in another yeah. uh, episode, but management is basically broken into two parts. It, and people disagree with me with this, but I, I, I think it's true. You're either managing today mm. or you're managing the future. That's really, we'll get into that in another time. But, but so those assistant managers are managing today. Mm-hmm. They were taking care of the crew, getting the guys, right. building the connection. And then what happened is we turned the analyzer, the logic guy, into the planner for the future. Mm. So really management means trying to solve the problems before they start. Right. Right. Or today let's execute what we need to do today. And mm-hmm. so management was basically two parts and that's right. how we broke it down. Yeah. So I, I like that. That, yeah. that makes sense. Cause you could definitely see the, the mic, the right. analyzer, the mic. you know, yep. uh, the analyzer being way too, uh, or, or being a, a micromanager. Yeah, you know? yeah, he he could be. Uh, he, he he had real problem understanding people's motivations. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even he couldn't read somebody. Mm-hmm. For a guy who was extremely successful out in the sales, outside yeah, the fact that he couldn't read an employee, or more importantly, he wasn't patient enough. Oh. He wasn't patient enough to give the employee his time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, sales guy, you out, you go out on a sales mm-hmm. call. All right, I'm out there for 45 minutes and right. I move on. Right. So for me to sit down and train yeah. this guy for five weeks, two hours a day to get him where I need to get him, yeah. I won't do it. And there's another thing I've noticed this before where the super critical analyzer right. uh, personality they operate if like it's a car they operate in like fifth gear right. their brain is moving so fast and right. analyzing things so quickly yep that was mike and that's why they're in that right. that's their their strength but the problem is 
they either don't realize or don't want to slow it down so that right. someone else can get it. Right. And they get irritated that someone else can't think as fast as they do. Right. But I, I can guarantee if there's any engineers or anyone in science, there's plenty of those kind of people who operate on just a different speed than everybody else. Right. And it's when you're in that position where you have to manage, you have to lead or train, you have to be able to pull that down to like fourth gear, just a little bit. Just right. And even if it's just taking a pause while you're talking to give the person listening sure. a chance to listen because, I mean, we've all been that new person. Sure. When you're a new person, you're you're super anxious to get it to figure out, to know what's going on and to get it right because you don't want to be wrong because then you look like the guy who can't do anything or right. the person who can't do anything. Right. And when someone's talking real, real fast, you're not really picking up everything. Right. You know, and then a person like that's going to be like, but bit, boop, bop, bop. All right. You got it? Good. And they're not going to even give you a chance to answer. Right. They're just trying to get you out. And what a lot of people get stuck in is not saying, no, I didn't get that. Right. Because you're like, oh, crap, I don't want to piss this guy well, off. But, yeah. well, you know, it, but you have to. You have to do that, especially right. if you're a new person. You have to say, no, hold on. I did not get that. Can you explain it? Even if that person huffs and puffs and gets irritated, so what? Right. Because if you don't do that, right. you're putting yourself in danger. Right. Because then someone's going to say, well, weren't you trained? Right. Right. You know, no, and then true. what's what's your excuse? Yeah. That the guy didn't train you right? You can't say that yeah, because no, there comes you a let point. it go. Right. Whose responsibility is at that, no, it, at that it's point? It's true. You know, you know it, it's an interesting point. Back to Mike for a second, right? Mm-hmm. This Mike's actually a pretty good example here. Mike, whenever he got pissed off, mm-hmm. emotion, mm-hmm. emotion, right, versus his analytical, logical mm-hmm. decision-making, whenever he got out of his 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 successful process of mm-hmm. logic decision-making, right. when he got emotional... Every single decision was wrong. Yeah. Every single decision blew up in his face. Mm-hmm. I remember one time we're sitting in a meeting and he's kind of reaming this guy uh, because um, he had he had 950 accounts and, um, you know, they had renewing contracts, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, September hit and the guy was buried. The yeah. guy was buried. So we're sitting there. He gets all pissed off at the guy. Oh, I'm going to call him in the office. So I'm in there. We're sitting with him. He calls the guy in the office, and he reams the guy's ass. And the guy's just sitting there looking at him, got this blank look in his face. So the, so Mike reams him for 10 minutes, and so he turns around, he turns around to Mike and says, are you done? He goes, um, I have 965 accounts, 374 of them renewed in September. So over a third of my accounts renewed in one month, mm-hmm. all right? And you expect me not to be behind? Beautiful, logical look. It was an absolutely beautiful response. Mike had taken an emotional, instead of, instead of actually going to the computer, which mm-hmm. he did after the guy said it. Right. He goes to the computer and pulls it up. He goes, you know what? I should have looked at it, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. That's the point. So yeah. we should have known he was renewing 365 accounts in September, and we should have given him help, and we didn't. Right. So it was management's fault for not right. looking ahead. Well, and that's that's another you know? big thing too. Yeah. Is yeah, is you know, admitting when you made a mistake. It's something. Right. Listen, it's something I'm still working on. Right. I, I don't. What I do sometimes is is un, <laughs> is when something goes wrong. Uh, 
I try to explain what happened. Right. But the problem is, in my mind, that makes sense because I'm just trying to run through what happened so I don't make that mistake again. Right. But it comes off as if I'm making an excuse or... Pacifying. uh, Passing the blame. Passing the blame, right. Which I've been told a few times and... Not many, but a few times. And it's something that I got to work on. It's like, okay, people don't want to hear what happened. They want to hear, I fucked up. Right. Absolutely. As, As leaders, as managers... If it really was our fault, mm-hmm. no question, 100% accept that responsibility because they will, we will respect you and they mm-hmm. will follow you because you won't just hang their ass out to dry when this shit gets bad. Right. Well, right? let's go back to culture, right? right? What to expect. Right. If the leaders are saying when they mess up right. that, hey, I messed up, That's right. then everybody else is going to feel comfortable saying, you know what? I messed up. And then you can fix the problem. Yeah, he's a stand-up individual. He, he you sees can fix the, truth. the problem. You're see, setting a standard. Well, see, here's the other thing. is like a lot of people will say, well, if he can't even see, he or she, not, you know, mm-hmm. if, 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 if you can't see the truth enough to accept the responsibility for you screwing up. Right. And you know what? Everybody screws up. Yeah. Everybody screws up. You know, it's just the facts. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, once you accept it and say, yep, that was my responsibility, I blew it. I, I do it all the time. Yeah. I do it all the time. I screw up and yeah. I say, no, no, that was my fault. Right. You know? And, and the, the other side of it too is if your leaders are constantly pushing off the blame and blaming somebody else leaders. for it, well, not only are they just not leaders, but everybody else is going to say, well, if that guy's just going to blame me for what he's doing, right. why the hell am I going to say I did something wrong? I'm just going to yeah. say that the other guy Absolutely. did. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm not following him. Yeah. You know, I'll yeah. do my job. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to follow him. So now production follows the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So, but but kind of, you know, one of the things that I've found out that that, you know, one of the big big problems I see out there in the business world today, uh, team building businesses of is really an issue of when there's criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's criticism of some kind, that's one of the things that people. Why do people criticize? Why do people criticize? Well, some people criticize simply to say, you know, listen, you know, you know, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to figure out a solution, blah, blah, blah. Um, all right. That that is that's, that's being critical. Right. That's being critical. Right. right. Which is part of criticism. Critical. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The same word. Right. It, but it, it, what it is, it's an important is, difference, though. There is a difference. Yeah. There's a huge difference. And it should be defined for those individuals because there's some part of part of your generation today. One of the mm-hmm. big problems I see is that when there's criticism, they just want to quit. They just want to. Mm-hmm. They just want to turn the other oh, way. There's definitely some of us. Yeah. There's no, thought about there's that. no question. They just want to quit instead of saying, OK, is that criticism justified? Mm-hmm. Was was is what they criticized? Was it because it didn't work? And was I part of that? If the answer is yes, mm-hmm. you accept that criticism. And, and do I need more training? Do I need to uh, take a different process mm-hmm. to get it? You know. Uh, now there's the other side of it when, which is the one that I think your generation, the the successful side of your generation, once they grasp this concept, will just their careers will fly. Mm-hmm. Is that when you become successful, people are going to criticize you no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. When you start getting successful, promoted, you're, you're, you're trying to do a business or whatever it is, people are going to criticize you 
for stupid reasons, mm-hmm. for jealousy reasons. They're just jealous of you and they want to bring you down. Or they want to criticize you and then they're going to say, you know, uh, I toughened him up and uh, I got her tougher, you know, and that's why they became successful. The reality is, you know, they're going to surpass you. They're going to be real successful and and they're going to criticize you and bust your balls and do everything else mm-hmm. to try. And But some people out there, it's kind of a sick process, actually, is like they just want if something successful, we got to tear it down. You see a lot mm-hmm. of that today. You see a lot of that in the last eight years, 10 years. Yep. If something is successful, we're going to tear it down. What kind of stupid logic is this? You know, and so, you, but important for your generation well, to ignore yeah. that. Ignore Let's go back to culture. Right. What to expect. Yes. If every time someone who's successful gets teared down, yep. what do you think people are going to expect? That being successful just means that you're going to fail. Right. Right, right, right. And people, and the, the real thing, I mean, the last eight, 10 years, we enjoy the fact that someone fails. Mm-hmm. This is sick. It's this sick. is sick. This is a sick thought process. Yeah. Now, it's funny when you have a, a comedian on stage doing it. That's a yeah. different story. Yeah. But I mean, it's just through cultural thing is that right. if someone's successful, we're going we're gonna to destroy them. We're going to backstab mm-hmm. them. You know, and what you need to do, yeah, yeah what you need to do is, is, when when you get criticism like that, that means you're being successful. Mm-hmm. That means you are becoming successful. You're moving ahead. Yeah. So what you need to do is turn that around. Enjoy that criticism. You know. Mm-hmm. You know what? Since since you're actually you really don't have any logic in your criticism, you're not going to tell them this. You're going to just think this. Right. Since there was no logic in that criticism, it was mm-hmm. just tearing me down. That means I'm doing something right. That means mm-hmm. I'm actually moving this ahead. I'm solving the problems. Well, and and another big thing about that thought process, it's something you have naturally because you've been through it. Right. You understand who you are. You understand your good side, your bad side. You're real with yourself. That's true. There are a lot of people who are just straight up not real with themselves. And then... That approach... It's the worst thing to could, lie to yourself. I mean, it might lie to someone else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, plenty of people do it. We've all been guilty of it before, but Absolutely. it's like, at what point do you stop... You know, you got to stop bullshitting yourself. But that's that's a totally different topic. Right. Yeah, right, right. You know? Um, you know, yeah, those those people that Chris said, we call them haters. That's, right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's what our generation calls yeah. them. So. No, it, 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 it's just a real good term. Um, so how do you solve that problem? How do you solve the issue of dealing the, with criticism? With, with criticism, mm-hmm. the way you do it, 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 it's it's an interesting. It depends how far you want to go with it. As you know, with me, I'm I'm more aggressive with it. Yes, I, I, it, but it's interesting from a subtle point of view. Mm-hmm. You could say, say, oh wow, that that was an interesting criticism. You know, you must like getting criticized. Oh no, I don't like getting criticized. Oh well, no, you must. No, I don't. Well. Since you're criticizing, you're giving me the right to criticize you. If you can do it, I can certainly do it. Yeah, that kind of backs him off. You know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, what kind of logic is, are, are you coming up with? Now versus the, you know, now the other way, as you know me, you've seen me do this hundreds of times, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. let's destroy their criticism. Let's destroy mm-hmm. any logic to but their yeah, criticism. Pick it, pick it apart. Let, yeah. me, let me pick it apart. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, do you really want me to embarrass you out here? 
You, yeah. you know what I mean? Do yeah, I, yeah. Do, yeah. Do you yeah. want me to embarrass you say up it's here? one of your fortes. Yeah, that's one thing I do very well. Yeah. It's like I, w- I will give you a lot of room mm-hmm. and I will warn you off. Yeah. But there comes a well, point you, you, when you're out of control. Yeah. When yeah. you get to the point you're out of control with your yeah. ego, uh-huh. and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. When you're out of yeah. control with your ego, mm-hmm. you know, then you know, you're not right for this organization. Mm-hmm. You're not right for this team. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you're out of control with your ego, then I will gently push you, tap you, hey, you know, wake up, here mm-hmm. it is. And then usually they even fight back even more. Right. They come after you even more. Right. And it's like, all right, let's let's attack your logic. Mm-hmm. Let's make you look stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's an unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the only way to solve that problem yeah. is to make you look it's, as well, stupid as is, you can. Well, and and yeah, you're you're talking about the aftermath. Really what you're doing is dealing with the problem, giving them the medicine straight up. Right. Right away. There you go. Nothing added in. Straight. No more pure, niceties. We gave it to bitter you. Right. medicine. Here's the bitter medicine. Yeah. Take it. And and the reason that that works in the business world is because once again, we're there to make money. Right. You know, if this is a friend, this is a different thing because well, first of all, you wouldn't be friends with that person in the first place. No. And you don't have to be friends. And you don't have to be friends in business. That, that's that's another big right thing that I think my generation definitely has a hard time with. Listen, is, there's, there's friends and acquaintances. They're different. Yeah, you know they're different I mean? things. I mean, you know, as much as I don't want to admit it, you know, things like Facebook and stuff like that really yeah. confused a lot of people. It's like... Agreed. Agreed. You know, it kind of blurs the line of, okay, who's who's a friend? You yeah. know, oh, I have 900 friends. Right. Okay, how many of those people do you actually know do you actually hang out with do you actually right you know spend time with? drinking with you know just, yeah, uh, yeah just no. like uh, there's there's friends they're mm-hmm. a handful yeah. maybe 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 50 you yeah. know really far out or there's mm-hmm. acquaintances right. people you know no. and, um, and and you can have like a good work relationship with someone yeah. and it's a totally different thing Absolutely. it's a different thing you you can rely on on a person for those things right for exactly. things at work it's a different expectation Right, you know, um, but let's yeah. let's let's move on. Let's go to um, your coaching. Well, building one, teams. one thing going to coaching. There's one okay. one real important one I want to talk about here when it right. comes to, and this is true for coaching too, and in, in, in sports. Okay. But I, but I want to make sure this is the business part out there because I really want your generation to grab a hold of this. Mm-hmm. Right, is a lot of people, and I have done this in my younger days in your age group when mm-hmm. I was in your age. A lot of people, 18 to yeah, eighteen 30, to thirty-four, yeah. somewhere in that range, they suicide their success because they'd rather be part of the group mm. instead of being successful. Mm. I really want to get to this point. This mm. is an important point for me. Is it's that real. people will suicide their success because they've gotten in a good situation? Mm-hmm. It's been a real good group: five people, ten people, thirty people, you right. know, and we're working well together and everything mm-hmm. else, and blah blah blah, and then. They have done such a great job mm. that that it's time to progress to the next successful point. Right. And they purposely suicide their success mm. to stay part of the group. Yeah, they self-sabotage. You know, they self they do. Yeah. But I'm using the word suicide on purpose because mm-hmm. that because I want to drive the emotional. Mm-hmm. Sabotage is more of a logical right. Mm-hmm. You know, thought process where suicide right. is emotional, mm-hmm. right? So I'm using that word on purpose because I want to drive that point home. Mm-hmm. Do not suicide your success 
because of the group. Because I've been part of, in the business world, probably 60 groups, mm-hmm. you know, and I've done that in my early days where, you know, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, we go out drinking, we go yeah. play softball together, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? If I had just decided I was going to stay on a successful track, mm-hmm then it would have taken me in so many different directions. Not right. something I have any problem with the way I took my yeah, direction, but right. but uh, don't do not purposely sabotage suicide yourself mm-hmm. on, when it comes to that. So, yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've 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 definitely found myself in that position a few times where I've caught myself thinking, ah, you know, I don't really want to say that because, you know, it's not really what what the guys do, or you know, right. it's not really what uh, they do, but then you think about it a little bit more and it's like, okay, but why do I care that much? Is, you know, right. it's, this is work. This is yeah. not, they are acquaintances, you know, and they that's one of the things I, I yeah, yeah, that's one of the things I'm, I'm glad I picked up early was the difference between work and well, not work, right. uh, the rest of your life. Right. Um, like they're very, they're, to me, they're two very different things. Right. Um, and I'm definitely two different people, um, the way I approach things, right. uh, between work and at home. And, uh, it definitely makes it a little bit easier for me to cut that line. Sure. Um, you know, but there's also people, especially guys who just graduated college and they moved somewhere, they moved an apartment closer to work. They don't have any friends, right? Their friends are the people that they work with. Right. So that's when they get caught up in that. And then they're 34, 35. Maybe some guys have left. Right. Maybe some guys have just gotten straight miserable. Right. And then you're sitting there thinking, damn, I'm still in a sales position and I don't have anything to show for it. Right. I'm in debt. Yep. Can't get out of my own way. Absolutely. What did I do wrong? And that is sabotaging yourself. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's you know, it, it's almost you don't do it on purpose, right? Like, you, no, no, you, you, you don't. just never said to yourself. It, no one's ever said separate them. Yeah. No one's ever said, "Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. You need to separate these. You mm-hmm. know, you need to keep them apart from each other." Yeah. Um, it, it really is. You know, the, 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 we part of the problem in again with with your generation is that mm-hmm. we've skewed the words. Mm-hmm. Is that friends is everybody like everybody's family? If you actually sit here and have a conversation with me and I help you for two minutes, right. oh, your family? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no, you know, I'm, I'm, we're just people yeah. who are helping each other. We're not really family, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't invite me over for a holiday, you know what I mean? Well, so, I've got a good you know. example. So uh, I was working at one place where uh, they would use the word. They would say, "Oh, you know, you know, well, we're a family." Whenever it was the right time to say that. Right. You know, whenever it was convenient or to make a point right. that, oh, you know, no, we do this together. Right. You know, whatever was convenient. keep you all in check and make you feel yes. guilty, right? And then <laughs> they would do things like call each other just the worst names, just just like miserable. Like they, they, these are like – these were like 29, 30-year-olds who right. were acting like they were in their 60s. Right. Like just – miserable people right. yeah. and they they would call themselves a family it's like 
that's what your family would be like? That's how you would treat a family member? Yeah, that's pretty bad. You know, it, it, it's, no, you're right. It just, it, you know, it, it, so, so that word gets used. It gets, it, it gets twisted. It's a buzzword. It, right, it's a buzzword. Yeah. We're, we're really almost, I mean, it, it should almost have, have a different word. You can say a co- coworker, mm-hmm. you can say acquaintance, or this is my, this is just my, um, my my fun pack of guys, you mm. know what I mean? It's we're not friends, we're not family. Fun pack of guys. The fun pack. I think I think, I think I'll find another word. Yeah, but I mean, you know, fun pack of guys. You know, I mean, all right, they, they're here. These guys are here. You know what? This guy actually mm. makes me laugh or gives mm-hmm. me some fun. You know, I have a, I have an hour of fun with this guy. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you know, the, the, he's he's my friend. Well, no, he's not really your friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the problem with your generation is everything is skewered. Mm-hmm. You know, skewed in the way not, mm-hmm. not skewered like a you know like a, a kebab. You know, I should say, yeah. use the right words. But <laughs> but yeah, as you're saying, it, it's just twisting everything around. For, yeah. and it's and it's screwing yeah. you guys up. You know. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, uh, uh, but I you know that's why I wanted to drive home that point of uh, do not. Sabotage for the mm-hmm. logic thinkers out there. Do not suicide your success for those emotional decision makers mm-hmm. out there just because you're in a group. Because I can tell you why, you will be in 10, 20, 30 more groups mm-hmm. by the time you're done with your, your career. Right. Do not sabotage yourself. Right. I have done it. So, mm-hmm. so well, and that's, and that's yeah. you know, I think that's one of the important things. I, I like having people on who have gone through it, who have done it, yep. who have put the work in so that they can say, all right, this is what I'm telling you. I do it all the time. Yeah. I'm telling you this not because I think it's the right thing. It's right. because I've literally done that before. As you know, we've had discussions off the air, right, and mm-hmm. about management topics. Mm-hmm. I've never been to your place of business. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And we're able to discuss something. I can mm-hmm. give you a solution, and I've never even been there. Yeah. You know, I can give you yeah. multiple solutions, and I can mm-hmm. tell you what the issues are and what you're going to come up. It, yeah. It's simply that's just because uh, I've got a lot of uh, road wear on me. You right. know what I mean? So, right. um, but it, it it is it is an important point to kind of bring this full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Franklin used to before he became very successful mm-hmm. in in his career of creating inventions and everything else. He he turned the corner. He became unbelievably successful when he started reviewing himself every every not you know like me i do it like once a week say you know you know did i have a good week you mm-hmm. know what did i do right what did i do wrong ben franklin decided he was going to sit down every day after he was done 10 12 hours and say all right what was the good what was the bad thing i did and he self-reviewed every day mm-hmm. and and tweaked what he had to do yeah. he tweaked himself yeah. uh, something it's, it's actually a pretty good idea you know i mean mm-hmm. I, I don't do that as well as i should but uh, i think it's a really good idea yeah I think that's so, good. Yeah. That's good. I th- think I do that a little too often. But Yeah, you, you don't want to do it too much. Yeah. You know, but 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 enough to to to, mm-hmm. to keep Oh the, keep give, you going give yourself the right yeah, give yourself a little you know, give yourself a pat on the back for the things you did well and you know, yep. just realize if you did something wrong and if you keep doing it, you know, hey, I'm right. gonna change that. That's actually one so. thing that I think guys don't do well at all is that they don't pat themselves on the back. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, they say, oh, there's some, there's some guys out there, oh, I'm great, this, that, and the other thing. But most guys don't pat themselves on the back when they actually get things done. And, mo- and a lot of guys out there who are managers, leaders, mm-hmm. need to make sure that they do that more. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, that was a really good job. You know, that, that, you know hey, that, that was a good idea. You know, right. mean, when someone gives you a good idea and, you know, you make sure that they are acknowledged in that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but but anyways, it's it's an important point the the acknowledgement of it. Uh, if someone all of a sudden puts two or three 
um, things together that are really successful and they don't get acknowledged and they just kind of go, oh, what's the sense? Right. You know, uh, you know, agreed. Okay. Yeah. You're getting a paycheck, you know, mm-hmm. and you're getting money for what you're doing. Right. But you know, the acknowledgement but, it, but that nice. goes back to the reason why people have friends at work is because it's about something more for them. Right. It's not about really the paycheck for some people. Right. It's about having a place where you go and you, I want to say succeed, but right. You know, for some people it's have a good time, but you know, yep. uh, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of reasons for it. There's a yeah. lot of reasons for it. Yeah. They're and, looking and, for and, something else, right? And the managers yeah. have to find a way to focus. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of times mm-hmm. it's one on one, and it's right. and so and it's very similar to coaching. Right. Okay. You, you know? So let's because so. we're running out of time. Okay. Let's get to the coaching aspect. Right. Um, and let's just talk about building a team. What's what's some of the 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 troubles you've had with building a team? Uh, a lot of times, I, I will tell you, the, the, I, they've uh, coached basketball and soccer. Mm-hmm. Did it for fifteen years at basically the high school level, mm-hmm. uh, that age group. And I've had teams that were superior to everyone else we were playing, mm-hmm. that were bigger, stronger, but we could not win championships. Mm. And a lot of the reasons were very simple that there were certain players who would not accept their roles. Okay. They wouldn't accept that this is your role in this team. And, and they always wanted to go off. And here comes that word selfishness again. Yeah. You know, well, I was going to ask, is it, was it an ego thing? Right. It, it definitely right. is an ego thing. And, and uh, we're going to have to get in this discussion one of these days about selfishness where yeah. to me, 70% of it's good, 30% of it's bad, oh, yeah, you know? Sure. And so unfortunately this one was in mm-hmm. the 30% category. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the team was superior in every way, but they, they became selfish. They wouldn't accept their roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sit them down. We suspend them. We did this. Right. We talked to them, whatever it is. It didn't matter. The ego was just out of control. Mm-hmm. But then we had this other team who was, you know, was still a good team, good physicality, good, right. talented, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. But they all accepted their roles. But we also, as, as a manager, as a coach, mm-hmm. I took a different approach. I decided that I was going to take my team and number one, I was going to eliminate all the weaknesses mm. as a team, but more importantly, as an individual. So if an individual couldn't dribble well, you know right. what? Every day we're going to practice dribbling. If we couldn't right. do free throws well, mm-hmm. we were going to practice free throws. You know, And we were going to – and it was, it was an individual thing, right. but it was also a team thing. And I'll, I'll, sh- and I'll show you how I, how I changed that up. So we decided that we were going to take the individual, and if there was a weakness in, there, in his game – we're going to take that and we're going to continuously do training on that until we eliminate the weakness. Right. All right. And then as a team, our, one of the biggest problems were, was adaptability. And this holds true for business too. Yep. Do you have one team that just does one thing but doesn't do anything else? Right. What we did as, as a team is we had every single player play every position. And right. then what we did is as we played five on five up and down the court, mm-hmm. what we did is we had five or six defensive plays, five or six offensive plays, mm-hmm. and then, you know, certain presses, press breakers, you know, everything right. else. And so as we changed our practices in the way that it was, that it was five on five, and what we would do is we would call out, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to play this defense. Okay, now we're going to play this offense. And right. we would constantly change and switch and go mm-hmm. oh, back and forth to make them adapt to what we wanted. Right. Um, I'll give you, for instance, we had a game where um, – 
you know, the center, our center was phenomenal. He mm-hmm. could rebound and run the point at the same time. Yeah. And it was, it was so, it was, and it, it was so, he was a terrific That's player. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he was that good. Yeah. Uh, but what happened was, is that this other team, rightfully so, they didn't mm-hmm. have the skill level or the athleticism to compete. Right. So what they did is they went after him. Mm-hmm. They kept going down low and he got into foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to take him out of the game. So what I did is I moved him to point guard. Mm-hmm. And took and now here's here's the adaptability. Right, everybody on the court mm-hmm. was able to play any position because we made them change it during practice. Right, so we constantly so now uh, you know okay you know hey yeah uh, hey uh, Nick yeah you go underneath the center hey uh, you Tony yeah you go up top and mm-hmm. you play and so all of a sudden he had two he had two fouls very quickly. We moved him up the point. Mm-hmm. He didn't get another foul the rest of the game. Yeah. And so at the end of the game, we were able to put him back into center position mm-hmm. and start blocking shots again and keeping them right. from scoring. Well, and that's that's something that I think, especially small businesses or new businesses, just in general, is you need to develop your team. This is any business. Right. This doesn't just have to be. This is a corporation. This is anything. You need to build a team and you need to prepare them like you were saying. Right. You need to work on the weaknesses. Right. You have your strengths. You put the people in the positions where they are strong. Right. And then you work on their weaknesses. Right. Now, and, stop, and stop you, right there. I want to make this point again. First thing when you team build, eliminate the individual mm-hmm. weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you've had a little bit of success. Right. You've helped them become better. Right. Right. And then you start now, gaining momentum. They yeah. gain, yeah, you gain exactly. that momentum. They respect you. They want mm-hmm. you. Right. Even shaking hands. You know, yeah. you've seen me do it with yeah, my yeah. teams. You shake yeah. hands. Right. To build that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we're going to be out drinking, but right. it just means that you're part of this right. team. Yeah. So anyways, um, you got to you got to build that team for a bunch of reasons. But really, the biggest reason is everyone who's in business is going to get hit with a lot of work. It's all going to go to shit at some point. Right. You're you're going to be real stressed out. You're going to have a lot of work, and all you got to do is bunker down and get through it. Do what you need to do. And the problem is, is if you don't have a team, if you don't have people who are uh, who have the end goal in mind of let's get this done, let's get through this. If people, if if, if your team's not weak, and some people start pulling away and and uh backing out and they can't handle it or all that stuff you will fail right you, you at the moment where you're supposed to be at your best like a championship game right uh if you're not prepared for that which is what you had the issue with the egos right yeah. stuff like that it's true then you're you just will fail and it won't happen so you need to build your team and eliminate those weaknesses so that when you get into the shit and you have to grind and push you'll be able to make it and that's what you've seen with a lot of these private space industry companies they've built teams now we're talking about SpaceX we're talking about Blue Origins and these companies who have gone past the traditional you know billionaire trying to do a space project, which has happened tons of times and failed tons of times. But the reasons these ones are successful, other than the fact that their leaders have a very, uh, at this point, good vision of where it's going because it's working. But they have a team. They have a team of people who want to win, who want to go for it. A big part of that is that they've picked up a bunch of these veterans of the space industry who've been in it, who, as I've been reading, 
you know, the history of how this whole private space race started, this, this came along because a few people who had the passion and the vision to go for it reached out and found these people right. who had, who want to do that, but they've been so, they've been dealing with bureaucracy. They've been dealing with being told people don't care about space anymore. You're scratching each other's backs. Right. You know, trying to just say, oh, let's just get through this. Or, well, we've only got this much money, so we're just going to do this much. Which is a big right. problem with, you know, how a lot of these space yep. agencies, they're government-run yep. there. But it's not just the government-run. It's just like they just can't do what they would want to do. Right. And these billionaires, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and plenty of others who are doing this, they've created a team – that's willing to go further than entire superpowers have gone right? because the, of the team. There's no other reason. Right. There's no other explanation for it other than the fact that these people are on the same page right. and they've worked out a lot of their weaknesses. Right. That, that's exactly true. You know, and they're willing to put their feet down and grind. Right. And that's what makes these dreams possible. Yeah, you know, it's true. Those those billionaires that, that you mentioned, give them credit from the aspect of saying, you know, I'm not going to let someone else, and this is criticism that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. limit me because they don't understand where we're going to go. Right. Right. You know, and so in essence, people that what you're saying is they, they were criticized, mm-hmm. but these billionaires were saying, you know what, listen, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. This is what I think we should do. This is what I'm setting down as the mission statement. The no, they won't even say, I, this is what I think we're going to do. No. It's, this is what we're doing. What we're doing. Yeah. And, and we're, we're going to go. And mm-hmm. so we have to find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> now, and, now, now remember, remember when SpaceX had the problem where a couple of the rockets failed mm-hmm. and, 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 um, Elon comes out and talks about, well, you know what? I mean, when we were a smaller company, mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have we didn't have these issues, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. Now, all of a sudden, they've had the success. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, he's saying basically, well, we're no, going to eliminate have, our weaknesses. They didn't just have success. They've literally <laughs> done the impossible. They've right. not only landed the the both companies, uh, Blue Origin and Space Exploration Technologies, they've landed rockets safely, which was deemed impossible. Right. Not going to happen. You just can't do it. It's not feasible. Right. And then you've got Blue Origins, who's done it twice. Right. Right? SpaceX, who's landed on land once and at sea twice now. Right. So so, so they're not just saying, we're going to land a rocket and that's it. They're reaching way further. Right. Way further. And that's something that's just a part of the space industry and, 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 and working for things that are that hard and difficult. Right. You know, you need someone who has that vision way down the road. Because if you only right. set your goal to, well, we've got $200,000 this year, so we're just going to do what we think a $200,000 mission means. We've got to right. hire this many people and this and that. You're just setting yourself right. only this high. Right. You know? By having someone who says, well, we're going to do this way cheaper, we're going to do this uh, in a completely different way than it's ever been done, right. and way quicker than it's ever been done, 
people are going to look at you like you're fucking nuts. Right. But when you have the right team, you can go after something like that. Right. See, but here's, here's a great point. That criticism is exactly what should drive you. Mm-hmm. That's the criticism that says, well, they're criticizing, having success and they're criticizing it. That, that's not, I'm on the right path. Mm. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to make this even better than before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just, you know, you're criticizing because you're jealous or you're criticizing because you don't get it or you're mm-hmm. criticizing. Who knows what the reason is? But, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. You know, we're successful, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to now that you're criticizing. I'll, I'll give for instance, <clears throat> there's an old saying, if, if, if there was a dog barking at you and stuff like that or, or giving you a hard time, you might kick the dog, right? Jesus. Absolutely, right? Kick the dog, get the hell out of it, grab a Just stick, kicking dogs it, right? now? Yeah, kicking dogs, right? But if there's, if there's a dead dog on the side of the road, right, that's not doing anything, it's not successful, it's dead on the side of the road. No mm. one's kicking the dog. Mm. No one's kicking the dog. But I tell you what, if the dog's out there barking at you, criticizing, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know I mean, you're, you're trying to kick the dog. <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, it's really what it is. It's just an old statement. I know you guys don't get this one, right? I don't support the kicking no, of... Uh, no, we're not asking to be, you of, know... Uh, 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 of animals. Fantasy, fantasy yeah. animals that don't exist. Exactly. But it's, it's a good point that, that you don't... If a dog's dead, you're not kicking it. You're not... Yeah. You know, so if you're getting criticized mm-hmm. about being successful... You need to take that as a compliment mm-hmm. and run with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do more of this then. You know, yeah. and don't don't just. Well, hold it's, out, it's, you it's know? about having a thick skin. I don't think it's so much about. Um, anytime you get criticized, say, "Oh, fuck you!" I know what I'm doing because uh, criticism is good. Right. But yeah, having a thick skin and not letting uh, emotional criticism right get to you right. You know, if there's logic to it, you have to listen right. to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I'll, I'll give you, for instance, on these basketball teams, mm-hmm. one of the things that we set out to do, the three, the two of the three championship teams, we set out, we had a pretty good free throw. We had a methodology that we had that we mm-hmm. practiced all the time that we were a pretty good free throw shooting team. So we would go 12 for 18. Mm-hmm. We would go 14 for 18. So we just turned around one day. We all said, hey, you know what? Why don't we try and be perfect at the free throw line as a team? Mm-hmm. Let's be perfect to the point where the team decided that if anybody missed a free throw, mm-hmm. we would yank them out of the game. Mm. All right. That the team decided it, it wasn't even me, the coach. It was yeah. the team decided, okay, we, uh, yeah, you know, anybody missed a free throw that they're immediately coming out of the game and yeah. literally they would run out because they knew they're going to be subbed out. Yeah. Right. So when we were in two championship games, we literally went 17 for 17, mm-hmm. 19 for 19 on the free throw line. And people told us it can't be done. Mm-hmm. They told us you can't be perfect on the free throw line. Right. And you know what? When the time was tough, mm-hmm. when the time was there, they were perfect. Yeah. But they also practiced it. Well, yeah. They you practiced spent, it. Yeah, you, you spent know? the whole season right. setting that standard, that expectation. Right. Well, you know? it, it, and the team set that expectation. Mm-hmm. Here's the important point. At practice. Well, that's a beautiful thing, too. The, that's a beautiful thing. As, as, a, as a coach, you oh, know, yeah. when the team does it, you're when just the team like, oh, sets the expectation. It's beautiful. Fantastic. But, but, but it was true for me where I opened that door up. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, what do we want to do? Mm-hmm. You know? But it, during practice, we talk about adaptability. Mm-hmm. Most practices, when they run it, they don't, they don't actually call it like a game. Well, mm-hmm. We actually ran practices. We, had the, we, we refed the game. We mm-hmm. blew the whistle. We had free throws. Right. So we wanted, we wanted to practice, rehearse, right. like it was reality. Yeah, and that's right? yes, yeah, simulating simulating yeah, reality. That's not not non reality. Mm-hmm. And I think the business world needs to do the same thing in their mm-hmm. training. The training aspect is is where where it needs to be trained 
in a, such a way that it is reality of what I'm going to do. Right. You know, and, and right. but again, we set the expectation, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned about the guys with SpaceX and, mm-hmm. and Bezos, right? Is that they set that expectations like, yeah, no, we're not going to let anybody else set our standards for right. us. We are going to set our standards, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to set our expectations. Right. And, 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 th- well, and that, th- that in itself is definitely tough. It's I mean, tough. especially when you're trying to start out and you're trying to, you know, make yourself better and this and that. Setting expectations is not easy. No. No, it's not easy. But if it's an important and, point, and it's something you you get to eventually. Right. Exactly after and doing it. <laughs> that's right. And these and these specific these two championship teams, mm-hmm. they specifically wanted to. They decided, you know, we want to run and gun. We mm-hmm. want to do a West Coast offense. We want to run and gun. Well, there were certain things we needed to do so mm-hmm. we could run. Right. You know, so we needed to absolutely make them take outside shots, and we had to control the rebound. Mm-hmm. All right, and so and then. As soon as the team saw a rebound held by one of our teammates, everybody was like, it was like a sprint. It was just an absolute, you know, 100 yeah. yard dash. Mm-hmm. And everybody just took off. Yeah. Even to the point that they were, they were so confident in their, in their teammates. Talk about building confidence in your team, right. right? They were so confident that as soon as that shot went up, two of the other guys would take off because they knew we're controlling the boards. Right. The other three guys will take care of it. Mm-hmm. And then what we did is we would rotate the guys. So the guys were doing all the rebounding. Then they got some points. Yeah. You know, so they got some, some acknowledgement, some mm-hmm. success. So it was real important that, that the team decided. And again, I said, all right, guys, what do we want to do? We want to run this style. We're going to, we're going to be good at all styles, but which one do we really want to run? And they want to do a West coast offense. And let me tell you, it was a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. I still have people coming up to me. 25 years, 20 years later, mm-hmm. and still saying to me, I love those teams. Yeah. I love those teams. Yeah. And it, it, everybody hated them, mm-hmm. were jealous of them, yeah. criticized them, yeah. tried to throw them off their game, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's but competition. It's competition, right? Yeah. Which is no problem. These guys, they, 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 it, w- it was such a thing of beauty. Mm. They were all on the same page. Yeah. They decided to be on the same page. And it was, and we had a couple of personalities on there that were, right. you know, were interesting, mm-hmm. you know? But they accepted it. And one, and one of the things with those personalities that I did differently than the previous teams was that it was really more one-on-one. You know, mm-hmm. and they, like a couple of, and they mostly were emotional decision makers. Right. You know, they were emotional decision makers. And it took a while to get into their head, you know, that, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not here to criticize you. I'm not here to be a good time. But I got to make this better. Mm-hmm. So I started involving them one-on-one with me only. Mm-hmm. You got an idea? Come on over. Tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't try and slam it down the, the, the team's throat, right? Tell me, and I'll work it in. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, as long as you have a logical approach to what you're talking about. So when you came right. to me, I'm like, all right, I like the idea. Tell me how you want to do it. Right. All right? And then if I like it, then I'll work it in, mm-hmm. you know, because now I'm the manager, I'm the leader. Right. Right? And so then I'll work it in, and then, you know, make sure you say to him one-on-one, hey, you know, nice idea. You got any more? I want to hear it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things. And it, it became successful because I was able to make him feel part of the team right? without him getting the criticism, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, he, he had issues, whatever it was, you know, but, but it made him part of the team. But that was I had to do that one on one. I couldn't do that in a open team setting. Right. It wasn't going to work. Right. So, uh, so it's just yeah, some, so diff- different approaches, different approaches to, to different what, solutions. Exactly. Yeah. But I tell you, cool. you know, to, to this day, uh, the, the beauty of that team, and again, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's business or, or basketball, uh, people to this day acknowledge it. I mean, I'm telling you, I had a 65 year old guy approach me. He's like, Hey, you know, weren't you the coach of Bob? I go, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I love that team. 
I loved them, hated them. Yeah. I loved them. Yeah. Loved the way they played. So, you know, it's a, it's an absolute thing of beauty. So don't suicide yourselves. Don't do it. Go for it. Don't let anybody else set your, your expectations. So, oh, right. There but, it is. But I do have before I know, oh God. I know we're, 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 we're really no, out one, of time. One more, one oh more. This is a tease. This is a tease for next oh, time. You, you, you got to tease it right now? All right. Ready? Okay. All right. Tease is being patient, a good thing. Or a bad thing. So I want you guys out there to email this in. Is patient, <laughs> being patience, patient good or is it bad? Because mm-hmm. I got my strong opinions about it, and I'll tell you about it next time. Okay. So Cool. Cool. All right. All right. Sounds All right. good. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. It's already almost an hour and 20 minutes. Five hours into this now. So yeah. I could have gone on for hours. Yeah. So. Well, hey. Yeah, I love this stuff. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. Thank you for a little handshake here. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think you're doing a great job. I tell you, your numbers are up. Uh, you know, yeah, people you know, are, you it's know, doing good. Are, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. No, I tell I'm you, happy. you know, I mean, you're starting, you're starting to lead the way now. And, and, um, people out there, are gonna I'm feeling more attention. comfortable. Yeah. I'm definitely feeling more comfortable. Uh, I've definitely gone through, uh, uh, definitely ripped myself down a few times to kind of figure out, okay, what's, this isn't working. Got to do something That's new. That's right. And, uh, I'm on a roll. I love it. I'm on a roll. I so thank you for coming on. Thank you for having As me. As always. My pleasure. And uh, we'll be back. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great fucking week. Enjoy yourselves. Go out, kick some ass, take names, spread love, spread science. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you again. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. See ya.